Yes, people, what's happening? And welcome to the Frankie Allen Podcast. You are here with your host, Will Cranny, alongside the UK's most feared comedian, Frankie Allen. Back in the studio for the second time. Frank, how are you feeling being 15 floors up this time? Feeling okay. You know, now that we've started talking, I'll be okay. I was a bit nervous, obviously. What happened this week? Bit different than last week where I got in on the ground floor and I jumped out on the, what was it, the 10th the last ninth, week? The 9th. The 9th. Got out on the 9th and walked the rest of the way up. This week, I tried to walk the whole 15, couldn't do it. Got to about five, I think it was. And then we got in the lift and went up to, was it 12? Are you feeling all right now? Feel okay now, yeah, feel okay. I mean, it's it's about who you're with. Because, obviously, I'm with you, and because I feel, you know, jazz is like a, a mate now. It's all about familiarity, who you feel comfortable with. Without further ado, we better introduce today's guest. So... As I said on the last podcast, we wanted to bring in people that we feel comfortable with. I've only met this fella a couple of times, but I feel like I've known him forever because he's a top guy. He is professional boxer Jazza Dickens, currently ranked at third at featherweight by the International Boxing Federation. He's had 33 fights with 30 wins and 11 knockouts soon. He'll be fighting Kid Galahad for the vacant IBF World Featherweight title after he beat the European champ, the European and Commonwealth champ and the British champ for the golden contract. According to the Telegraph, he is a real-life Rocky story and he's here in the building today. Jazza Dickens, how are you, mate? You good? Thanks for having me on, lads. Shout out to the Telegraph. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good shout, that, mate. Yeah, shout out to our sponsors, the Telegraph. <laughs> <laughs> so Jazza, what's been happening, mate? You good? Yeah, good. Um, just floating, doing my thing till I get the call up. Um, and just trying to take over. I've um, currently just just recently moved into my me camp room, my jail cell. Just like me camp for me world title fight. Yeah. What does that mean? Your jail cell? Or... Well, take me take myself away from my family, and um, I live in a in a box room for like ten weeks. Okay. Just four walls. It's just like drives you crazy, but it's something what I call feeding the beast. You know what I mean? Feeding it. Remember we spoke about on my podcast about uh, the alter ego. Yeah, yeah. I can't just go into it. I need to, to feed the beast. I need to deprive you myself. You change, don't you? So you're, it's it's really literally like a caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Yeah. Metamorphosis, I think they call it. Don't you change? It's a big change. So to get into that character, to be ready to be a winner in the ring, you can't. You know, sit in front of the just you can't lead a normal life, can you? A few weeks before, a couple of months before, you've got to you start to train in every way, mm. yeah. So yeah, far so... away from the family man when I fight in the ring, you know, and, and when I come home, I'm so far away from the family man as well. So it takes me a while to get back into that person, too. So, the strange thing we went on a podcast, Jazz's podcast, How Are We Family? I'm shout out to the John May and the How Are We Family I'm podcast. We went on there, uh, you know, and um, Jazz was talking with Frank about how Frank's got an alter ego and how Frankie Allen is very different to his... Uh, as Frankie Allen as his stage persona is very different to how he is in everyday life. Jazza Dickens, as I know him, is a lovely lad, you know, uh, you know, quite quiet, quiet, shy lad. But I've seen you on videos, mate, and we were talking about it earlier. How, how, dif- how different is the fella who gets into the ring in comparison to the fella who lives everyday life? I think we we do live with dualities, don't we? We like we go one way or we go the opposite way. There's no way in between. Do you know what I mean? Like it's hard for me to be in between. I I'm either um, the boy we grew up as or this alter ego we created. And um, that that's amazing, Jazzy. I was in there um, soon a, a press conference and my opponent called me. I was trying to be like um, a bit, you know, like. Passive and just letting them talk, but I know what he's doing. You blag that you're not interested as he's going on. Yeah, I'm not bothered. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do your name, one of them. And he called me James and it got me attention because my name's not James, my name's Jazzy. My alter okay. ego. He called me James. He, he called out the boy inside me who I am not when I come to that person. Do you know what I mean? And when I went back to the room, I said, Do you hear that? To me, bird. Just call me James. It's a cheeky concert. <laughs> <laughs> just call me by my real name. Do you know what I mean? But you get so far carried away with this alter ego. You'd have to become this person, possibly to 
it's a defence mechanism, I think, to um, cancel out fear or any sort of rejection you might feel or any worries that you have, you become this person to protect yourself, you know. So how does that person evolve? Like, have you always been Jazz Dickens or does Jazz Dickens come through time? What was it like? What, what was life like growing up as James first? Tough, I think. I think it was tough. But we all have our own problems, don't we? One person's problem could be nothing to another person. So, but for me, it was tough being James, you know what I mean? Vulnerable and, um, yeah, I created that. I created that alter ego as a child, as defence mechanism, you know? What was your home life like? I could never say it was not loved. I had two proper loving parents. Um, yeah, I, I, I've done a lot of media and, and when I was young, I was probably like um, struggling how to, how to talk about it. I didn't know how to, didn't know how to speak. So I, it looks like I'm giving my parents a lot of crap, you know what I mean? But I had, a lot, I had two loving parents. I had an auntie around the corner, but my parents were addicted to heroin. So with that come a lot of dysfunctionality, you know what I mean? Normality. In my house, it's different from when I step outside the house. So when I go to school, I realise my normality isn't normality. So I'm, so I quickly, I had to to create this mechanism of like I had to be able to be a chameleon. I had to adapt. I had to I had to find out how to lie, how to um, become normal, if that makes sense. So that in itself become an alter ego, you know what I mean? So is that kind of where Jazza came from? So the, the Jazza that, that goes into a boxing ring, shows no fear, you know, is hard as nails. Does that Jazza come from the, the alter ego that you created based on what you were trying to to deal with to get yourself through life or? Well, if you try and run away from one problem and you get rewards for it, which I did when I found boxing, you quickly adapt to what brings you success, don't you? So if I, I'm taking that them um, positive comments and and this posit positivity in a boxing gym, I'm gonna cling to that. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And they're calling me Jazzy. So this is my new identity. Do you know what I mean? How old were you when you first really discovered that you were good with your fists? I mean, were you a street fighter when you were in a, a kid, or did it just when you went into the gym and you started boxing, it just came to you, or did you always have a suspicion? You thought, well, I'm Andy here with me fists. I'm very good. I'm sure I could, you know, do this. Professionally, well, as as a child, Frank, as I said, he was dysfunctionality. It was dysfunctional, but he had a lot of love. So with my dad, I'd be fighting in the living room, but we'd be up at three a.m., four a.m. fighting in the living room. You know what I mean? So real violence. The so, so there's violence in the home. No, no. He taught me this was our way of communicating, of playing. We oh, were I very see. physical. You know what I mean? Yeah. Press ups in the house as a child. At five years old, Frank, I could do fifty press ups. You know what I mean? We every single you were night. You always that, dead fit. That, that no, what I'm saying is, when you went to fun. school, obviously when I went to school. I don't know by the time you went to school if it was all kind of like determined, got rid of it all. But there was always a thing in the school, wasn't there? It was the cock of the school, who's the best fighter. Yeah. And someone would say, you know, uh, Jazzy doesn't like you. Uh, he wants to go at you yeah, at yeah. four o'clock. So you'd have to go, fucking, I've got to, I'm fighting this guy at four o'clock. When school finishes, you'd be in the playground, literally fighting for your life. Was that all going on when you went to school? Or, yeah, and did you yeah. did you find out, fucking, I'll listen, did you take to it? And I'm, like, I'm sure you did take to it. Because street fighting is not that much different than boxing. Did you kind of take to it like a duck to water? Or was it later on in life that you discovered that you, you had that talent to be a boxer? Well, I think my dad always, he, he always um, gave me this, these tools to cope with the situation that we were in, do you know what I mean? And, it, and like, um, no one would say nothing, you'd argue and it would be back and forth as kids do. But when it got a bit heavy, it was like, shut up, you smackhead, do you know what I mean? And then, it, so I, de I developed a mechanism, punch first before someone can say that, do you know what I mean? I remember from a very early age, I remember, I remember fighting on a schoolyard and there's a sweet spot in a fight. It's just as you're on top. If you can live in that sweet spot for me, it's the best place to be. You're just on top in this fight. It's a challenge. It's a tough fight. You're fighting. You're showing a lot of art, but you're not losing. You're just on top. It's like victorious. You know what I mean? It's like you're taking someone's spirit. It's it's a sweet place to be. But I remember being in a schoolyard fighting with someone. <laughs> I was winning, but I remember having these thoughts in my fight, thinking I fucking love this. <laughs> so it was always something I loved. I enjoyed to fight. <laughs> I don't know why. I do not know why it was. It was escapism. I think. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. So I always had that as a child. I've never that kid who want to be the cock. How old were you when you first put a, a set of boxing gloves on? Boxing gloves. Um, 
12. Really, yeah? 12, yeah. But as you say, the fighting... Stop by accident just in the gym or was it just... Did you join a boxing club then? No, but what happened, Frank, I had, him, I had a fight after school, like you say. Yeah. And walking towards the school gates one day and there was, there was a crowd there and... Um, so, so I said, "What's going on here?" So I said, "You're having a state there." Remember, <laughs> I realised doing quite a lot of loads of jacket. How old are you then? Um, I was years, year nine, maybe. Year was that, nine. Was, yeah, was about 12, 13, yeah, yeah, 12 okay. years. So, at the time, I was the caretaker in the school, which okay. is mad. But he was also on the on the gear at the same time. He was a community. He was a man of the community. But he where, also where did he go to school? Yes, where was this? Campion. I know Campion, Campion, yeah, it's gone now. But that's where I went to school. Yeah. And I, and we was fighting. And my dad turns up at the fight. He was walking home from his job. Yeah. And um, after that fight, he said, you go to the gym now, lad. You know what I mean? Go to the gym. Go go to boxing, do something with it. And um, I went to boxing. My cousin went to boxing gym. The Solly. Salisbury, I know Salisbury. And, yeah. uh, so I went to, went to the gym with my cousin, uh, Joey. Yeah. And then it just suddenly went from there. When, when my dad says... Did you take it to it like a duck to water? When you went in the gym, did you suddenly think, fucking hell, this is for me, I'm having this, like... Day like... one, I had my first fight. My first fight was scheduled within three weeks. Um, I had my first... That got cancelled. I had my first fight in four weeks, you know what I mean? I had my medical after after a week. My cousin had been gone for five years. So we had our fight on the first night. He'd been gone for five years. I'd been gone for three weeks, you know what I mean? So that, that's how fast I adapted. But I also caught a wave because... Kids are only allowed to fight at the age, I think it was 12 at the time, it's 11 now, but I just caught that wave, you know what I mean? They've been saying for all these years and I come back into it and went with them. So you're lucky in a, in a way, really, yeah? yeah. I, I, for me, I When you got in, yeah? Yeah, started at the right time, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, first fight, you know, as an amateur, did you get addicted to the buzz from that? Like, did... Oh, yeah, it was, it was amazing. I didn't know what I was going for, though, because... Can you remember your first fight, Joe? Yeah, I remember things about was it. Was it, it three-rounder, was it? It was three, three one-and-a-half-minute rounds mm-hmm. in Old Park Ballroom. I know, yeah. That's where it was. and um, Didn't even I know you could fit a ring in there. I turned up. <laughs> yeah, it's a big room in there. At the big time, place, it was covered in smoke. You could still smoke in the venues yeah. and that then. Um, it was... I turned up for a state now. That's, how I, that's the only way I could cope with what was going on because yeah. I didn't understand it. I turned up for a street fight. Remember, look at me, kid. He has a one to one. Remember the yellow one to one Everton kit? Yeah. And so I said, What's your opponent like? I said, He's winning Everton kit. <laughs> that was my mentality. Okay. <laughs> and um, my mates from the area all came to watch me. My ma was there, my auntie was there. And um, I remember, a little, I only remember one little bit of a fight. A flurry was getting on top of me. And um, the bell went anyway. It was ghost of fast. And I looked out the ring as they, they, caught, they put his hand up and I turned around to look. I knew, you just know in the crowd where. You probably know if you're on stage, you just know where your dad is, or you know where your, your loved ones are. Yeah, you just yeah, know, yeah. don't you? You can hear the voice, they stands out, but you just know where they are. And I love for me, my and my auntie. I remember as he got his hands raised, my auntie's face shouting, Fuck off! Where she did it. And I just thought, this, it doesn't matter. This is it for me. This is where I'm going in life, you know? And so, yeah. from that moment, first boxing fight, and I've spoken to Frank about it before, about the first time he gets on stage. Do you know I'm going to be a professional boxer? I've stepped into the ring for the first time. Fuck I knew it, that this the, is... I knew that first day I went to the gym, the, the four weeks before that. There's a picture of John Conti on the wall with WBC World Title. So I'm going to be next scouted to win a World Title from the pill. Um, WBC World Title. Cam Smith's won it and Tony Bellew's won it. Yeah. But that was that was my thoughts. I'm close now, you know. Frank, do you feel similar about that? The very, you know, the very first time that you stepped on stage, did you think, this is me? Well, yeah. Exactly, a very similar, really, parallel to, to, to the way Jazz is talking. When I was at school, I was kind of like the class clown, always telling jokes, doing impressions, taking the piss out of the teachers. So I, I got a reputation, not just in my class in the school, for being a good laugh. And even in the playground, I'd have like, crowds of lads around me and I'd be telling them all jokes, everyone would be pissing themselves. So when the first time I got the opportunity to go on stage, I mean, we talked about this last week, um, didn't hold any fear for me. A lot of people, you know, get the mic and there's the crowd and they're scared and they're nervous. But I, I just didn't give a fuck and I thought it was great. And I, I've never really lost that. I've never really been afraid. I took to it like a duck to water. Never been afraid of uh, of a crowd and just the same as what Jazz is saying, when he first put a set of gloves on, he just kind of like talked to it very naturally and uh, stayed with him. And no doubt 
he's going to be the world champ as well. That was probably my first defence mechanism, Frank, like telling jokes. I told a joke in class once, well, and I told a joke. I answered the teacher back in a, in a way that disrespected him and the class were laughing for like two minutes non-stop and the teacher lost the plot. He screamed at the old class you know, to, get, to get older, but the old class is just laughing because like, he's that's teaching everyone was scared of, do you know what I mean? And, and I was just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, <laughs> he looked like Ronnie Trotter and he shouted at me, I said, fuck off, see, you look like Ronnie Trotter. <laughs> Looking back now, it's so funny, but... The fear we all have for him, it just went, you know what I mean? Everyone, yeah. And he couldn't get control. He couldn't handle it. He just lost the plot. And he, <laughs> yeah, but that, that was my first defence mechanism, which was making people laugh. It's a nice yeah. feeling there, Frank. You feel cool, don't you, when everyone's laughing? But... Well, I've had the best of both worlds because I'm a big boxing fan. But also, I had opportunities to comic. I've worked in hundreds of boxing venues, you know, they always have a comic on. Yeah. For the amateurs anyway, and some of the pros, well. you know, they have the comic on at the end of the night. And where it kind of like was very good for me on a learning curve, the boxing shows were always a little bit, not I wouldn't say they were rough, but very difficult to get people to listen to you because yeah, you'd yeah. be going on after all the bouts had finished, you know, there'd be lads who'd still be like, Warming down with fucking towels around the next drink in Lucas Aid. And, and I'd be like, I'd be waiting, I'd go, fuck it, I hope this fella gets knocked out. Because with a comic, if you go on too late, yeah, it's too pissed. noisy, the yeah. crowd, you haven't got a chance. So the earlier I used to want to get on, the better. So all the boxing shows I'd done, I started off really, I think the first one I'd done was uh, Nosley Vale. Guy called Richie King. Do you ever remember him? I believe he's passed away now. Yeah. Richie, trainer, oh, yeah, great yeah, lad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, up at, at Nosley Vale, and they were always fighting. I never knew where this place was. Repton. They always fighting Repton Boxing yeah. Club. It's East End of London, isn't it? London, yeah. And I never knew where it was. And fighting Wolverhampton. And because I was one of the lads and things, even when I started off, you always got me on. And uh, if the night went quickly and there was a few knockouts, and I got on before eleven. The crowd were great, but if you got on after 11, they were a bit noisy. And I've had a lot, I wouldn't say trouble, because my act is a little bit over the top and I do pick on people, savage people, very insulting, a little bit contentious, I'm a little bit kind of what some people might say um, offensive. I've had a little bit, <laughs> I've had a lot of trouble in the ring where I've had, I'd say, it's got to be over the years, must be like a dozen people jumping in the ring trying to get me, you know. There was an old fella in the Adelphi, there used to do a lot of, the Adelphi Hotel in Liverpool, there used to be, used to have a lot of boxing shows in there. Yeah. I remember this guy came in one night, an old fella, and I say, oh, probably like the same age as I am now, but he came in and he looked old and uh, I, he walked in, I said, hey, mate, this isn't the way to the cemetery, you dying bastard. <laughs> anyway, so I think he was an ex-boxer because he ran. Well, always like in his 60s. He ran like fuck. And just the way he got in, you know, I knew he was in a, The way he, he lifted up the rope and he ducked. <laughs> and got in stance. I thought he was like fucking WBC. Well, I just stood there. So the next thing is, fuck off. He threw this left hook at me and I just got out of the way. <laughs> So what I always used to do, with any trouble I get, that even now that I get over the years, if I can't keep them away, I'll try and get them in a headlock. So I jumped on him and I had him in a headlock. So and he's hitting me, but he can only hit me in the back. It didn't really hurt. And we're just going round in a circle. <laughs> and all the lads, everyone's pissing themselves. And then the lads started shouting out, finish the joke off, Frankie. Finish the joke off. Then the bouncers come and he dragged them away. But I've had a lot of trouble like that. So I'm used to, like, I've had my first year of fighting in the ring. Well, here's a dead interesting one because I think the two of you are both, are, are both from similar backgrounds. <laughs> you, you know, you and Jazza, you, you've both been brought up in, in working class environments and have both thrived off... Um, putting all of your energy into one specific thing, whether it be boxing or whether it be comedy, but going into an environment where there's a lot of tension. Yeah. And I think the two of you are, you know, Jazz, do you feel that when you go into that 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 arena where, you know, the boxing ring's there and you're walking towards the ring and you can feel the tension in the room, you're thinking, yeah, this is me, this. Yeah, you can in a way. You thrive off it, though, you know what I mean? It's, there's nowhere else you want to be. You go home after and, you, as you say, you act finish and... 
if you're not working for a while or what, you just want nothing but that. That's the best place to be, you know what I mean? I'll sit in the house and I'll smell a loud pair of boxing gloves. <laughs> Because that's what it smells like when you're fighting. You can smell the leather. Do you know what I mean? The, the, the come down after you've been in a boxing ring, you've been fighting, the adrenaline is like through the roof, isn't it? Like it was so yeah. when you come home, the next night you're sitting there and you're going, what the fuck's this? is coronation seat. And you're going, <laughs> yeah. whoa. You don't know what to do with yourself, do you? Painful, Frank, isn't it? Very painful. It's a terrible pain. Dark, yeah. dark place after it. But at the same time, similar to what we were talking about last week, don't you think that being a boxer and being streetwise as well and taking that into the ring with you, it gives you the big advantage over situations where you can kind of tell a long time before anyone else can that there might be trouble somewhere. Yeah. You know, you could be in a nice restaurant with your bed, yeah, you know, yeah. and a family and stuff, <laughs> and everyone's nice and, oh, yeah, you know, where are you going, going to Mallorca this year and all that? And all of a sudden, you can just see something in the corner. Nobody else has yeah. noticed. Yeah. And you go, this is going to kick off in a minute. You just get on it, don't you? Kind of like yeah. a sixth sense, yeah. which obviously is heightened with you, with being in the ring, and you're, you're actually fighting all the time. Yeah, in, in a way, Frank, I see these people, but... If you know you can handle them, it's just like you can just dismiss them. Do you know what I mean? They're easily dismissed, aren't they, when you don't give them the attention that they, they thrive? Because even at the boxing shows, a lot of people, when they're not fighting, these people coming off the street, they're the man, where they're from. And they come into ringside now and the, and the ego is affected because it's not yeah. all about them. Do you know what I mean? You probably... You probably um... No, I don't mean people actually pick, picking on you personally. Saying if you're anywhere yeah, before them, even... Yeah. The doorman can think, suss out yeah. that there's a situation. You've got to. You, do you agree that you get like a sixth sense Definitely, where you go yeah. that you can say to someone, "There's got to be murder in yeah, there." They carry there. this all about them, don't you, Frank? They give yeah. off. It's like a give vibe. Off, yeah. Give it off. You can. People say they read energy, don't they? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I could see how that that would say like, he's got bad energy. Him, he's got a fucking bottle. Someone, do you know what I mean? You can just see it, can't you, Frank? You could just get on it, and it's a big advantage, isn't it? With you, yeah. you've had the environment at home with your dad and everything. All right, um, <laughs> it's stood you good stead as you've yeah. got older and you've gone as to be a professional boxer. You've got all that kind of like behind you that you can call on when you're in a really in a bad yeah. clinch yeah. or you're not getting the better of an opponent and you're feeling hurt yeah. you can just roll with it can't you roll with the punches yeah. 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 don't get me wrong Frank I have, I have um, misinterpreted people by the way like people could be like scar on the face I thought he looks a bit like he's going to be and I've just read them completely wrong some of the nicest people I've met have been yeah. the opposite but I thought even like I wonder if that's a heightened sense of awareness because I get a bit like that sometimes but oh. now what we were talking about last week which is very funny really the mate of mine, we talked about someone, and I said, oh, was he being funny? He said, no, he was semi-snarling. <laughs> so I said, what does semi-snarling mean? It means he's not snarling full on, where you're going to say to him, well, what's up? It's like, <laughs> you can't prove yeah. I'm snarling at you. Yeah. Yeah, people say he was half You can't the prove yeah. it, but, like, and you're going, is he snarling? Like, semi-snarling. So you can't pull him up, but... Yeah. They're still being funny, yeah, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Strange, isn't it? Yeah, the shit bag way in it, Frank. You, yeah. can be, you can get out of it by saying no words. You know what I mean? What do you mean, mate? I'm not snarling. <laughs> yeah. I've got like this yeah. switch on me. I've had a stroke. <laughs> so, Jazz, going back to the boxing, you know, you're an amateur boxer. How many fights did you end up having as an amateur? 59. 59. Yeah, okay. most of the modern African ends up being for England and Great Britain. Okay. Captain my country, so we had a good amateur career, you know what I mean? Brilliant. And a lot of people have told me now I'm a I'm an armchair boxing fan. I watched you know, I watch the fights when they're on the telly and stuff, but not like Frank. Frank's really into it. But I've heard that the professional boxers, you know, it's a it's a different game. Is is that right? Just not the same. Three 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 minute rounds when I was Seeing it was three three minute rounds the first year it came in, but before that was four two minute rounds. So you're going four two minute rounds of fighting to then fighting 12 three minute rounds. It's just a different game. It's like pool and snooker. Do you know what I mean? It's you're just... a big snooker fan as well, aren't you? Yeah, I love snooker. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out snooker. <laughs> but I, know, but... I know Mark Williams, I think he watches most of the podcasts and listens to them. Yeah, Mark and, Williams. I was yeah. speaking to him a while ago on the, uh, the FaceTime, he had a a friend of a friend's a nice guy okay yeah, yeah. shout out to Mark Williams he sent me a shout out to Mark Williams <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's a whole different ball game so making that transition from amateur boxing to professional boxing 
once again, did you try to take it seamlessly or did it feel like, you know, a big no. step up? No, because I was only 18. I went to the ABAs at 18. Won them at 19. And turned professional at 19. Okay. Now, now I was like a late developer. So I was like, I was, when I look back, I think, fucking hell, you was English champion. Like that, you just look like you haven't got piabs, you know what I mean? You're just like so, so young. <laughs> <laughs> no ears anyway. Yeah. It's just like, you're too young to be doing it. But I was through skill alone, do you know what I mean? And I done well at your fight. Sometimes you're fighting these fellas and, and they're strong, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you haven't got the skills to uh, keep them away, you, you take punishment off them because they can punch hard, do you know what I mean? And they can rough you up, that's their game. Some of them, but a lot of them, uh, the journeymen, they don't get the credit they deserve because a lot of them, as a professional fighter, now I've come through that, I can look back and say, a lot of these people, they're there to lose. People don't, people don't know that. Do you know what I mean? How do you mean, Jess? What do you mean they're there to lose? They're not there to win, Frank. So like you haven't got the heart and they're not interested. They're only there for the paycheck, you mean? Yeah. So, really? So so it doesn't benefit them. Yeah. It doesn't benefit how could I put like for for in your line of work, Frank, it doesn't benefit people to go on the TV huh. and be very successful because they're making more money on the short circuit and you get regular oh, I work. See. Yeah, I get mean? it, yeah. So So you've got boxers who are actually they're not ambitious. Losers. They want to stay on that circuit, make a few quid. Yeah. Don't really... Do you think that's... Do they know at the back of their mind that they're not good enough, do you think? Or do you think they're just doing it deliberately? Well, you've got managers who says, if you win this fight, you're not going to fight. I got, I got told a story once with Franny Hands. Good friends of mine, he told me that someone was in the corner from a journeyman stable and he said, if you throw one more punch the next round, I'm going to pull you out this fight. Because if they, if they win the fight, yeah. the next prospect next week is going to fight them, is he? Because he's going to beat them, do you know what I mean? Uh, so, they're paid to lose, and it's better to make a good fight out of it, carry you through it, teach you a few lessons, that's what they're paid uh, for, and then not win. Is that because they're on a downward trajectory anyway, though? Is that because their manager might go, well, to be honest with you, mate, you're not going to be world champ or anything like that, and then they'll say, we should start losing now? Sometimes, yeah. You'll get more fights if you start losing. That, that's the truth of boxing. That, that's a boxing. shock to me, because I thought yeah. every boxer was in it, not just for the money, but everybody had ambition. And I would have yeah. thought that, obviously, you want to, your record, you want it as clean as you, you want as many wins as you can, don't you, on your record? Of course, yeah. You know, so to deliberately, more or less throw a fight, isn't it, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. a sin, isn't it, you know, of it's course, bad. Yeah. Yeah. But people don't know that, do you know what I mean? But there's a grey area, you can't prepare for a fighter like that because... He might be turning up to win, so you've always got to, as a, as the the winning fighter, you've always got to do that. The home fighter, we call it. Okay. But there's also people who have lost a few fights, and the boxing fans call them journeymen. You might have heard the term journeyman. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you lose, you're a journeyman. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. it. I mean, I've, I've been a journeyman fucking a lot of time because I've lost fights, and I think you cheeky cunt. Don't call me a journeyman. Journeyman, <laughs> someone who turns up to lose. You know what I mean? Got so yeah. um, sometimes they turn up trying to win. They're just not good enough to win but they are good enough to win some people. They've got a few losses on the record and they turn up and they knock they knock the home fighters out who sold loads of tickets. A lot of these gentlemen, they, they start off like that because they can't sell tickets, so they get put in the away corner because they're not creating no revenue. Okay. So you have one loss, then they say, we want to take this fight because this is a big opportunity. You win this, you get a chance to lose that fight. Now they've lost twice. Next yeah. fight, they'll take it again for another opportunity. Next minute, they've lost five fights on the bounce and then there's another fight for a few quid. It's close to Christmas. Do you want to take this fight? He's two weights above you. All right, then I'll take the fight. Now you're the journeyman. Do you know what I mean? Because you've you've broke mentally. You've broke. You've you've accepted you can lose for money. That that means you. And are you're one of these guys that's just called in at the last minute if somebody pulls yeah. out. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what's dead similar to? I mean, we've spoke time and time again, Frank, about how you've always stuck by your guns and yeah. said, you know what, I love what I'm doing, and I'm not doing it for the money. I'm doing yeah. it because. I think what I'm doing is funny and I want to bring that style of comedy to people. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I want to do it for myself. Whereas some people might go, actually, do you know what? I'm going to do clean jokes and I'm going to tell something yeah. that's like really like simple and do a bit of corporate work because yeah. that would make me more so easy, money. Yeah. So easy to do that. Yeah, you, Especially you, that I, think, you I mean, I went like how many years just getting nowhere at all. My style of comedy was out of vogue in a way. And they were all this PC thing on a TV and university kids and whatever. And I just stuck at it. I think, as you say, a lot of people haven't got the belief in it. And there's a lot of comics that I know. Um, I won't mention his name. There's one guy and what he does, goes onto a stage with a crowd 
Now, if they're a bit of a difficult crowd and they're talking and they're noisy, he won't tell them to shut up. He won't fight them and say, you know what I'll say? Who are you fucking... Fucking shut up, will you? Make it funny as well, you know. Mm. I believe uh, you bought a parrot. It died of earache, you fucking mouth. <laughs> and then try and get them on your side that way. I know this one guy, and he's a well-known comic, goes into a venue, if the noisy or whatever... He stands there, does his gags as though he's talking to a wall. <laughs> Just going through the motions. Keeps his head down, you can't even see him. Everyone's talking when he's on, he doesn't give a fuck. No one's taking a blind bit of notice. Does his time, 35, 40 minutes, walks off, gets paid, goes home, doesn't give a fuck. Now for you, Frank, is that lack of ambition? To me, that's lack of confidence, lack, lack of ambition. And because I've kind of like, in a way, well, I suppose, yeah, I, I've, you know, dedicated my life to comedy. I won't let anybody... It's like you, if you found out that somebody was cheating in some way, and you've had first-hand experience of this, they've been cheating in the ring, you know, because you love boxing and it's been your life, it makes you furious, it makes me very angry, and it makes me angry The people are actually going round pretending bitch, pretending to be a comedian when they're not a comedian at all they won't engage the audience they won't fight them they won't try to just there as you say to pick up yeah. the paycheck to get the money yeah. at the end of the night yeah, well, when you get Frank you get the people you're saying about cheating I respect someone who cheats to win more than someone who gives up in the ring so I'll be watching someone you know not in it and the sound of finding back door, I'll think my air fight back he cunt do you know what I mean because I don't like that mentality yeah. I yeah. respect I don't agree with cheating at all in the ring especially when it comes to performance enhancing drugs and stuff like that I don't agree with it but I respect that more than someone who's not willing to fight back I don't know why I just do because you want because you've got so much heart you're going mate put your all in for God's sake at least I don't agree with both of them but one I, thing I, I was respect one more it's always puzzled me is there any gamesmanship in boxing which is not actually cheating do you ever get fellas you're fighting and that they, they pretend that they're tired, pretend that they're finished and they're knackered, trying to get you to kind of open up on them, trying to get you tired, then come back later on, you know, in the last few rounds, and you go, fuck it, where's, where's he got this energy from? Yeah. And you know that they've kind of cheated in a way, they haven't been honest yeah, in the yeah. first few rounds, they're making out just all the wobbly, and you keep saying, I'm going to put him down, yeah. I'm going to win the some points dead easy. But... All of a sudden, it's as though they've been ejected with something, but they haven't yeah. because they've been pretending. That's what the game's about, Frank. That's is what it? We, that's you get, what you get do, a lot yeah. of that. That's what people don't see. Yeah, you have to do that to, to be the best. So, say like Have me, you done that yourself? Yeah, we all do, Frank. So, say like we're even yeah. in one area. The best way for me to overcome you is doing what I've got to do. And if that m makes me pretend that I'm weak to get the advantage, and I'll okay. be strong, of course, Frank. That's what you're going to do, isn't it? It's, but... There's a fine line. They say about performance enhancers, everything's a performance enhancer. So sleeping well at night, you get eight hours and he gets two hours. You've got a performance enhancer, which is sleep. Yep. If you have the right nutrition and yeah. he doesn't, that's a performance enhancer. But there's a fine line. Uh, the, the furthest I'll go is creatine. Um, which uh, is illegal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah. But that's, that's the furthest I'll go. But anything above that, which can be like... Um, I went to the doctor a few weeks ago. My testosterone was low. Mm. Now, I am eligible to take testosterone, hormonal yeah. enhancers, if I want to, for medical purposes. Medically, yeah. yeah. So all the fights has to do is go to the doctor when he's stressed out for fuck, he's been making the yeah. weight and he's, he's you know, he's tired. He'll get low, low um, testosterone scores, yeah. yeah. And he can take testosterone. Legally? So, legally, yeah. yeah. And that, that happens a lot, more than you'd know. So a lot of the guys do that just to get round the law, really. Yeah, yeah. You've got medical exemption. You can do anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can you can say anything with medical exemption because it's you're exempt, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? It's mad. Boxing is a corrupt, corrupt business. It's so corrupt, you wouldn't even know some of the stuff that goes on. I can't think of something because there's so much. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just it's it's dirty, dirty, dirty business. But the best people in boxing as well. Do you know what I mean? So you they've got your own team who die for you, and then you've got people who you're working with <laughs> trying to rip you off and things yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I could tell some stories but I get myself in trouble I know what you mean yeah. so I mean all the time Jazz is always saying 
I'm going to be world champion, right? And I loved that, yeah. right? I remember, Frank, we bumped into, the first time we ever met Tony Bellew years ago, was in a restaurant in, in South Road in Crosby, remember it? Yeah, yeah. And he said to me, Frank said to me, he's going to be world champion. And he was just like, he was just a young lad, wasn't he, at that yeah. time? And I said, what, what do you mean he's going to be world champion? And he went, no, no, I just get that vibe off him. Yeah. You know, and I, fa- I think it's boss that Jazz has got that mindset of, Fuck no, I know where I'm going. Yeah. This is happening, right? So does that does that mould your mindset going into every single fight? Are you fully of the belief of, yeah, I'm you know, this is happening no matter what. So mm, Yeah. It's ingrained in me because of my dad. I, I, it comes from I place a place of love, I believe. So I always knew I had no doubt in my mind that I was loved, truly loved by my parents, do you know what I mean? And used to tell me you can do anything that you want in life. Anything I put my mind to it, I can do it. Why? I don't know. It, it could be because I've developed a strong sense of belief or I've acted on the gifts I was given, which was love. Do you know what I mean? I believe that. I do believe that they give me this this will to do anything that I want because they believed in me. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's what it truly comes down to. I come back from the fight and it's like... I always ask myself, have I made me ma or dad proud? Do you know what I mean? That that that's my family, me bearing my kids, have I made them proud? And that's that's me um, that's what's the centre of of my achievements, you know what I mean? Just making them proud. And maybe I don't know, I've always wondered what would it be like if my alpha weren't there in the corner. Do you know what I mean? I've always wondered could I do what I do without the, the love and support of them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I... So is the, is the key thing when you're going into a boxing ring? Are you going, I'm going to do this for my family and my parents because I want them to be proud of me and pleased with that? Or are you possibly is on a subconscious both? level, yeah. It's but, instinct, really, isn't it? Yeah. You're fighting on instinct, aren't you? That's a deep thought to be thinking at the time. Um, possibly, but I do it for myself, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know when you say else. you kind of change and you metamorphosize from when you, you know, James, if you will, when you're at home and you're not a boxer. He, I laugh at his face there, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, we were doing the same with you. Anyone who doesn't know, um, we did a podcast last week or a couple of weeks back with Jazza and we were talking about how Martin, Martin. which is Frankie's oh, real yeah. name, oh, yeah. he hates well, it. Well, well, I, 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 saw, I, James. <laughs> I, I saw his face I change ha- when you called him James. I hate Genuinely that. to the I, point I where like you... I that Martin thing. It just sounds as though someone else to me, you know. <laughs> I'm Frankie now. So what I'm saying is, when you change from, you know, the name you were born with, when do you become Jazza? Is that a few days before, or on your way, or when you're actually stepping in the ring? Do you think? Disappointing, Frank. Unfortunately, I come to when I say fuck everyone. Okay. Fuck my family. Fuck my kids. Yeah. Fuck my parents. Fuck everyone. Fuck everyone. Really? Yeah. No, but when does that Sad. drop on you? Is that getting in the ring or before that? When yeah. you met? When, a few weeks when before, you make the change? A few weeks before. A few yeah. weeks before when yeah. I finally managed the courage to say fuck them all. It's yeah. not about that. It's about me to do what I've got to do. I have to go to that place to do what I've got to do. Do you know what I mean? It's sad, yeah. so sad that I didn't want to... My kids might watch this one day and it's like... I don't mean it at all. I love them more than yeah. anything in the world. But, okay. but to, to go in the ring and risk my life, which that's where I'm prepared to go, I can't do it for anyone else. Do you know what I mean? I can't fight for anyone else and I can't defend myself on someone else's behalf. Do you know what I mean? So It's, it's just a kind of... As though you've been thrown into a swamp or you're drowning and you've got to get yourself out. So your whole being, your whole energy, your whole soul really yeah. is about you winning that fight, isn't it? Survival. Yeah. Yeah. Preserving. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and you can't <laughs> afford to have... Do you know what to say? You can't afford to have baggage, can yeah. you? With I'm lucky you? to have a, um, a partner that understands when I said, yeah. I said, you're not going to understand this. You, meet, you, you know me now, but you don't know me when I'm close to a fight. I'm going to be a different person. I'm not okay. going to be... I, I explain that I want to go into a relationship with in some form or another. You're going to you're gonna see a different person. My coaches leave me alone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They understand. They just leave me be. Um, I go in the room. I don't come out. I stay in my four walls. And what like, period is this for, Jazz, before the fight? That's fight week. I don't want to speak to anyone. Um, everything becomes an act. If I'm if I'm smiling on camera fight week, it's because I understand the game. It's got to be played. Social media, like you were saying. Well, we... Just, yeah, on that note, we were literally just saying before the podcast, I mean, I know Jazz is a lovely lad, like, you know, dead smiley, dead happy. And I watched the press conference with him where 
he was just being horrible to, you know, the opponents. <laughs> but I'm being, no, I'll show you the Frank. He was being audible to him in a <laughs> way where I was going, what's he doing that for? Like, he doesn't need to do that. The fellow was being half, half all right with him. <laughs> and I thought, what the fuck's he doing that for? And you said, no, it's it's all, that's all because Gamesmanship. hype, yeah. yeah. And it's to, get, it's to get incest, isn't it? I mean, even a lot of these little scuffles that you've seen with boxers, yeah. you know, on the press conferences, not saying they're staged, but they're encouraged, aren't they, to have yeah. a little bit of, of course, yeah. Yeah, and, and it sells tickets. Yeah, to sell tickets. And that's yeah. why I speak on camera, because you understand the power of social media. Yeah. I could just say, I'm, I'm going to go back to my cave now yeah. and you just can all fuck off. But that I can fuck my family off or whoever around me, my friends, my friends who understand I've got good friends, they understand they leave me alone while I'm in camp. Um, but I understand the media won't. The media, if you fuck them off today, they'll fuck you off tomorrow. And I've got to use them, I've got to play the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's why I become. So some of us are the media, they, you, you're kind of like keeping them happy as well. You've got to, Frank. Yeah. They love the sensationalism, don't they? Yeah. I mean, as you say, it would be ridiculous if you were saying, oh, yeah, um, I'm fighting uh, Alonso <laughs> next Wednesday. And um, to be honest with you, he came down to ours last night and had something to eat. <laughs> And we went out and we had a couple of pints in it. He's staying in ours at the weekend. He's a good lad, yeah. We're going to watch the match. Yeah. He would be like that. Well, no one would turn up, would he? Yeah, no, it's mad. But then you find spells as well because you make someone's day as well. For no, like someone who's in the media and you love boxing yeah. and you're fighting for the world site and someone interviews you, that's their thing. You have to respect that. Like saying, I love snooker, I don't like boxing, I like snooker. Yeah. If I was to speak to a snooker player, I love that. You know what I mean? I'd tell me parents or tell me friends I spoke to Mark Williams you know what I mean yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. happy to say it and, and so I understand from me feeling that they must feel the same so uh, you find spells of doing good like passing on your goodness you know what I mean I'm blessed I'm doing what I'm doing I can pass that on to someone else as well we can share that you know what I mean yeah. so I find spells and doing that too do you find you know but I have my days where I'm polar opposite how do you feel with the fame, no, do you, do you enjoy it or do you, do you go a little bit shy? You know, when people say, Jazz, come and say hello to get a picture with me mate here. Do you, do you like that yourself personally or do, do you shy away from it? I don't understand it, Frank. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Yeah, same as me. Some people because they're just it. Because you see everyone, we, you, we always have a laugh about this. It's just normal people. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. we're no different from one another. Not yeah. None of us in this room. Yeah. I can't get my head down there. When you said fame now, Frank, if yeah. you ask someone what does fame mean, could you even explain it? Yeah, what what does what is the meaning of I fame? I think it's a certain level that you reach that I'm at. Although I don't really like it because I don't understand it and you're at and you don't understand it because you're just you are just an ordinary fella. And when he's a picture and you think, why does you what yeah. what can I do for him? Yeah, and every cunt wants to fucking meet him. Why yeah. does every cunt want to meet him when he's doing well, Frank? Yeah. And meet him what? Do you want to fucking come and all that? People that didn't want to know you. <laughs> Have you had that the phone call? Listen, they come down to so uh, think he wants to say hello and all that, yeah. yeah. And it's as though you're like your toy, aren't you? They're passing yeah. you around. Yeah. yeah. We were in Sunderland and we were doing a meet and greet at the end of the show, right? And this is like six months, three months maybe even after Frankie had started doing really well from nothing, you know, yeah. zero to hero. This fella come over and he went, oh, Frank, uh, so nice to meet you. I was with your cousin last week. Yeah. And you said, I haven't, you I haven't yeah, yeah. spoke to that fella for like 10 years. No, what this was, this was a guy, I won't mention his name because you'll probably know him. And, uh, a few years ago, I was doing a show for him, and a show was in. Um, not sure where the show was. The show was in. That's there's a place. Orries is it by Goodison Park or one of those clubs down City Road. Yeah, doing a show in there, and uh, a few of the lads had seen me before. It was all the lads from uh, the Campfield. All those lads. I don't mention their names, but you, you'd know them all anyway. When we finish, I mentioned And what they used to do with me, they'd get under a table so you couldn't see them and go and go, on, fuck off, Frankie, you fucking <laughs> dickhead. <laughs> I think it's funny, it is funny. But I did, couldn't even see them. And uh, then to be, these lads were under the table. So the show didn't go down very well. Now, this fellow used to put the shows on, he went, Frankie, oh, you didn't do too well there. Uh, uh, just call, they're not paying you. I went, what? 
knock her, knock, knock her, pay her. It didn't work. You're like, oh, right. So I was nearly fighting him. I got the money off him in the end. Anyway, last year we are in this show. He works with these two fellas on, a, on the railway and he's going, these fellas go, with your cousin? He said, you know, <laughs> your cousin? Mentioned his name. The fellow that wouldn't pay me. Fucking hell. Can't Your believe kids. it, can you? Well, it's mad, I think. Yeah. It's mad. I, I don't know, to, I don't know to, how to do it. Well, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't know how you're supposed to because I'm not going to form to that either. I'm not going to form to what I believe someone yeah. should think that I should act like around people. But I am open towards kids, kids with no agenda, innocent kids with aspirations and want to do what I'm doing. I love that. I, I give me time to them. But what I don't like, give me time to this fucking... Put me arm now, yeah. I know what I mean. Like, know what I mean? Like, you know, yeah. dickheads. Just for the sake of a photograph, not the, like in a meeting, <laughs> sitting there <laughs> in a fucking meeting. <laughs> Haven't you had that one? Comes to the funeral. Have you had that? Have you had that one? Comes. Uh, I had a phone call. This fellow went, "All right, Frankie." And I said, "All right, that's it." Eddie died, you know. I went, "So oh, sorry, sweetheart." Didn't have a fucking clue. It was. <laughs> and he went, "Sir." Ah, you was always torn up, oh, you Frank, you know, remember the old days and all that. And anyway, he's getting buried there. Uh, it's in Anfield Cemetery on Wednesday, eight half eight or I went so long, just didn't want to, you know, who where the fuck is he? I was just dying to see who he was. <laughs> so he had like a card, the card with a picture on. And I looked at him and I went, who the fuck's that? Wow. Yeah. And I went, and I, my head was dead because I thought, don't even know him. <laughs> then his son's coming up to me and I go, thanks for coming down, Frank. <laughs> Eddie would have been over the moon, you know. And all it is, probably just like a feather who fucking, like a fan who likes you. You know what I mean? Fucking madness, isn't it? It's Chris, have you had that one to Kristen? Maybe one of you to the Kristen? No, Frank, I don't. I just don't. Entertaining, do you know what I mean? Say, what, no. you, what do you do, Blankton? I'm in camp, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Like, fun, like even, even funerals, like, if I weren't even close to, like, yeah. my first fight was on the same day as my granddad's funeral. Go we weren't close, so obviously I'm going to go and fight. I'm so selfish. Oh, like, you're, you're so kind of like. When I was say feeding the focused. beast, I'm an horrible, horrible person, Frank. I focused, can't explain yeah. the person I've become. Well, I didn't I see like that, him. Will, when you said, you know, the pre fight, you know, kind of like. You haven't. Was he really having to go with that fella? Oh, Could yeah. You, was he very different to what he is now? <laughs> very different. Yeah. Very different. No, to, from from me watching it. Now look, you know, as I said, I'm an armchair boxing fan. I watch I watch press conferences and I'll see people being nasty and people being nice and all the rest of it. But then you see that same person, and I, then I, because I know Jazz, and I go, Nah, that's it's not happening because yeah. with it not being an act, and I would never act like that. As you say, Martin would never act that way, Frank. Or, or Vinny would never act that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just mad, isn't it? Because yeah. I'm not, I'm not acting. I mean, I am that person. Yeah, I, don't, yeah, yeah. I don't like it. You know what I mean? I can't say. I, I pray to God to forgive me for my actions in these situations. But in these situations, that's who I become. I it's weird and it's strange. Probably based around fear, to be honest. Frank, People as well. Fear. Have you noticed that if you kind of reverting back to your old self, people don't really like it. They don't like getting too close. Once they find out. That you're like a human, you don't want to know. Do you? <laughs> I'm magic, Frank. I'm magic. You don't want to know once you find out. It's mad, isn't it, Frank? They find out that you're human. I was going down Townsend Avenue, this was a couple of years ago, before all this fucking crap, because it's killed a lot of the stuff off now. Don't really see anybody. Anyway, there's a white van coming down, and it pulls up next to me, and the fella's beating me on like mad. And I said, I don't remember, like, cutting them off or nothing. And I thought, is this fucking road rage? Yeah. And I went... What the fuck? So the lads are screaming, then they get in front of me. I went, oh no, you know. <laughs> so then got a bit further on. And I pulled up because I was going to cafe on Breck Road. I used to go to cafe, get like baked on toast in the morning. So as I pulled up, they pulled up in front of me. So these three lads jumped out. And uh, I went, oh, what the fuck's this? And I was just going to say, what is it like? And he went, Frankie, I can't believe it's you. And all that. Can we have a picture? So I'm picture. <laughs> so this fellow goes, where are you going? So I said, going to cafe. And he went, what for? I said, just getting like baked on toast. <laughs> and he went, let's have another picture. Let's get all these pictures. Then this fellow said, where are you going this morning, Frank? 
I said, uh, I've got to get, um, after a meal, I've got to go and get some milk. I've got no milk. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought no, was, just looked at me and he was, you've got no milk. I said, yeah, I've got no milk. I've got to go for milk. He was, all right, it's all right then. Just like it's his mad, dog, didn't want to know. Yeah. I, I got, I, oh, no, it's mad, eh? No, no, I never car, Frank. I was on the bus and some fellow went to me. I seen you in a. Didn't you have a bus car? What are you doing on the bus? I'm going, fucking hell, I'm not like you. I'm not on a bus, you know what I mean? I just walk it, look at eight miles because. That's right. Well, it's look, mad, I'm, I, I know we're conscious for time here, so I want to make sure that I get in the, the questions that I desperately want to ask. So, okay. Golden Contract winner, right? One of the, the, the best parts of the whole process that I loved, okay? Frank won't know this, but at the end of Jazza wins the golden contract, he's got a pen with him that he carried the whole way because you knew you were going to do it, didn't you? Did you did you know in terms of you just had that much belief or did you just know it was going to happen? I do believe you can create reality through repetition. Well, I know you can create reality through repetition of thought. Repetition of thought and belief, circumstances happen through your visualisation. You can create that. I know that because I've done it. It's... Um, you can't end up in a situation that's fluke what you've thought of many times before. It doesn't happen like that. You can't end up in a situation with what you've thought of. You can go into a place, but you've never seen and have visualised this without even seeing the place and then that place is there. Do you know what I mean? That can happen. That happens. Look what visualisation is, the law of attraction. Um, this is reality. So you're visualising a situation in the future? I, I can, yeah, I have visualised, yeah. Frank, and I will do. I will do. I, I, I'll and how do you make it come through, though? You don't, Frank. You don't, that's not your worry. That's not your okay. body. So I've, I've told a story before about the um, the pug, um, the Benoffi Pie story. You, I've heard the Benoffi Pie story. So years ago, Frank, I was going to the ABA, a, ABAs. I was 18 years old. The ABAs is a tournament held between, you know, the ABAs, I don't know, but yeah. the 18 year olds to 36 year olds. So I was like a boy. As I say, I think he had three PMs at the time. <laughs> so it goes in the ABAs. I said, I'm going to win it. But so it's not fluke. I have to do things that will be law of attraction. These things can't be fluke. Do you know what I mean? So how can I... Anyone can win them. So I had to win them by not losing a round. And before the tournament was laid out, I had to say where the final was going to be. I'm not going to lose a round. And I had to something else. I'd only ever had one banoffee pie in my whole life. So I knew to get a banoffee pie. So someone hand me a banoffee pie without asking for a banoffee pie. After it is visualization a lot okay. of seconds. So I went through the ABAs and went all the rounds up until the semi-finals. Boxley wouldn't the semi-finals in the ABAs. Okay. So um, I still not lost the rounds and I get to the final and they, they announced the final is going to be in York Hall, London. Oh, so Battle Green, yeah. So I said that's where exactly where I visualized. There's one thing that's come through through. So. Um, we in the boxing news the morning of the fight James Allen will out well he might be off cousin <laughs> James <laughs> Allen um, he, he, he can out hustle anyone he will be Dickens and I, and I put the papers in front of the boxing news and said bullshit I've already won it I know that because of my visualisation what goes on after the final doesn't make sense if I lose tonight so wins the final my dad said what are you up to do you want to go to our island she lives, in, she lives here in London so we go yeah. down there if you want rather than go home alright then yeah so in the back of my mind I'm playing my visualisation get a bit off your pie so we're walking through London me and my dad and he said how do you feel as ABA champion he said it's good dad but I haven't had me been off your pie yet and he said you're daft cunt what are you, what are you on about you know what I mean? as you can imagine as you're looking at me now Frank you think what are you on about I've been off your pie so get to me aunties um, she she went in so goes to bed with me dad we go <laughs> hey <laughs> come on <laughs> and that was it that was to know <laughs> so, so um, does me 50 press up before bed um, gets in the bed and the door goes my auntie comes in come back down and have a cup of tea so goes back down and have another cup of tea she goes in the kitchen comes back out with a cup of tea and been off your pie and say and my dad looks at me and says what the fuck and that, that is visualisation and a lot of attraction okay so, so it's that coincidence Frank how can I be sitting in Liverpool before the ABA saying I'm going to win it without winning the round? It's going to be in London and I will get given a banoffee pie. If Did that... you ask her to make it a banoffee pie or was no, just coincidence? She, she, didn't know we were, she didn't know we were coming. Okay. What is banoffee pie, by the way? Cake. <laughs> banana, I don't know. Toffee do you know and it? banana. 
Banoffee. That, that's the point. That's what he's saying. He's only ever had one Banoffee pie in his life. So the chances of him being the given a Banoffee all these pie coming through. So you will the whole thing, didn't you? It's called visualization. How did you feel when you she gave you the Banoffee pie? Normal. Because really? anyone somebody, else would have freaked out. Yeah, but if I already know what's going to happen, if you know you're going to the bank today and you <sighs> get paid on a Friday and your money's in, do you get a shock? No. no, because you knew it was going to happen. But, but if you, you were, how, today how convinced? Million, you get a shock. How convinced were you that that was going to come through? More than convinced, Frank. It's Fuck already happened. Repetition of court. I so for the golden contract final. So are you willing it to happen? Do you think? By yeah, that's yeah, what he's thought. doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you make it happen by your beliefs. It's you make all, it happen. It's already happen, Frank, in your visualization. So, so you can force reality or the way the, the the world is the universe you can f- called, make that happen it's yeah. called the law of attraction it's a book called I get a lot of shit for this from the man, yeah. if you believe it it's yeah. so true um, it's it's fucking it's hippie shit nowadays Frank it's, it's out there now maybe the knowledge that is out there now is different to when you so that's why you probably think yeah. all this shit that times are different but that, that, that's reality so Will was saying about I turned up at the final with this pen I went out to buy a, to get a pen one day to sign the Golden Contact yeah. tournament when I win the old tournament, okay. just before the final. I went out and there was um, I found a pen in the grass as I was on the way. That's the pen that's got to be the pen I sign it with. Joker, so, put the pen, take the pen with was me. Was a decent pen or a bit of yeah. a yeah? Well, my sponsor, um, shout out to Andy Dawson, sponsor. Our <laughs> 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 sponsor today's podcast. <laughs> so, anyway, I picked the pen up, oh I said, God. That's the pen. Um, Puts it in my pocket, takes it to the fight right before I leave for the fight. Where's me? Where's my pen? I need my pen because I'm gonna sign this contract. So I put the pen in the thing, takes it with me after the fight, pulls my pen out to sign my contract. And the fella says, You brought a pen? I said, Yeah, I've got cards on my bedroom wall in my box room. What I've been writing to myself, congratulations on your golden contract win. So my 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 thing is written with cards on myself. Well done on your contract win. This was weeks before the fight, you know what I mean? I said, I'm going to go into this place. I've never been in the building and I know where my dad's going to be when I win. I'm going to look at him. When I went in the building, he was going to be to my right when I get my arm lifted. Yeah. In the corner of the room, to my right where I'd have been, facing the camera, to the right of the camera, was the guest area where the people sit in the green zone. So when the building said, right, there's the area where my dad's going to be. But it's not a shock to me, Frank, because I've already visualised it all. Oh, but this is, have a look into it, Frank. Call a lot of attraction. That's amazing, that. You'll be into it. There's a there's a book. There's I'm, a there's I'm a, there's a movie and stuff like that. Yeah. Called Bob Proctor. He's he's good on it. And Rhonda Byrne. She wrote the book called The Secret. And there's a lot of a lot of people out there who talk yeah, about this. Yeah. The fella called Napoleon Hill from back when you were young as well. Thinking yeah. grow rich. But I'm a great believer in synchronicity, and I think people meet people. At, look, some people are probably going to put in the comments. Look, you younger hippies and all that, but I'm not <laughs> yeah. asked. Look, this is what it is. No, I'm into we, all that. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Look, I'm a believer in synchronicity massively, yeah. right? And this is no joke. Like, we're not sitting here now. Yeah. We're, we're only sitting here now because I was walking on a random walk, on a walk that I don't even go on. And he's smiling because he knows what I'm talking about. And I just took me hat off. We were in the same tunnel with no clothes on on the same day. (laughs) (laughs) I randomly bumped into him, randomly. And then all of a sudden, we just hit it off straight away. It was pissing down raining, really. It was pissing down raining. But yeah, no, it's just the way things happen. So world world title fight coming up. It makes me think, I wonder if you meet people. I wonder if it's kind of like predestined as though it's written down for who you're going to meet That's what I'm talking about, synchronicity. I think you can force it yourself. I think it believes... Just think of how many people you know. Can you also fake your thing? Or would you say... (laughs) I don't know. I've got the answers. You've done it. I think so. You've done it. I think that's what I'm talking about. I can create circumstances through repetition of thought, definitely. How many people do you know, Frank? You go like this, fucking hell, I've just fight everywhere I go. I don't even cause trouble, but it just ends up in a fight. Yeah, it comes to them, yeah. The repetition of thoughts, it's all they think about. Why do I go everywhere and I end up fighting? And then it's no coincidence, tomorrow you go somewhere and you end up fighting. Yeah. And it's not their fault. It's always not their yeah. fault, you know what I mean? Or there's nice people in there who end up... Why do I just attack so much money? Why? And then more money comes to them. It's just repetition of thoughts. Which, not thoughts, it's your belief. It's so it? strange, isn't it? You believe it. You're yeah. thinking it's one thing, but then believing it is different, isn't it? Definitely, and Jazza believes, and I believe him. You know, he's going to be world champion, and the world title fight's coming up soon. Yeah. Um, Kid Galahad, who you've all actually fought before, yep. 2013, seven and a half years ago. Yep. You're looking forward to getting yeah, that done. Well, yeah. yeah, 
It goes beyond the fight, this one for me. Because fighting him for the world title, I was, on, I was in the van on the way home, found my bed on the way home. I said, you know, I'll be world champion, don't you? And I'll get him again. And that was 2013, well, you know what I mean? Just after being stopped off. And, um, the only time I've ever been put down in my life. And it's like a redemption story. It's, it's exactly what I wanted to be, you know what I mean? For me, yeah. I've got no doubt that I, that I will win, you know what I mean? I'll do anything, I'll do what I've, I've already won in my mind, Frank. I believe it, do you know what I mean? That's fantastic, yeah. I can't be world champion unless, I'm, unless I don't. My it's story weird, isn't it? Because it makes what you've just said today, really. I'm a bit of a weirdo in a way. I believe in um, there's another world at the same time as this one, psychic. And it's strange how, I always think it's strange, but you can meet some people and you don't can't really take to them. But other people like yourself, you know, like John May, you, you, you're meeting people and you feel as though You've known them all your life. Yeah. Now, is that just a kind of because you've got so much in common with them, or is that a kind of a, a thing, a psychic thing that one day you're all going to meet together? You just don't know, do you? When you say that, Frank, do you talk about are you talking like parallel universes? Yeah. I've always wondered that, you know, since being a child, I've always had that thought in my head. Is this because people say they see ghosts and that's only what they yeah. see? And they see, like I don't know. What, what do you believe in it? Well, I, I believe. I mean, I've got a few strange beliefs. There's a book by a fellow called John Wyndham. It's called Random Quest. And the guy in it, he's experimenting in his basement with these chemicals. He blows himself up, but he blows himself up into another dimension. So he goes upstairs and there's a bird in the, in the kitchen making his dinner. But it's not his missus. It's a bird that he used to go out with, but he finished with her. And then he messes his missus. He's gone into another dimension and everything in his life is very different or a little bit different than what it was before he blew himself up. And it's kind of like, based on the premise that as we speak now, we've all met by chance, but maybe there's another dimension, things going on where things would... What would have been? We never would have met. They're a bit different. Um, it's, it's so strange, so fascinating. We don't really don't know why. I mean, when I was a kid, not that I thought it was going to be like Elvis Presley, big and famous. I always had a thing in my mind that I was in this place and there were hundreds of fellas, not, no no girls. I always had this thing that I was, I was standing up on a stage and I was talking. Couldn't see the mic in this like daydream and there was hundreds of people and they were only there because I was there. And then they were coming towards me and there was that many of them that they knocked me over. Now that came true. We were in this place in Spennymoor about two years ago up in the northeast, and the security that we had weren't much good. So at the end, I think Will said on the mic, lads, if you want to try and come and queue up to get a picture with Frankie, all these young lads, must be three or four, they just all flooded to the front. So do you remember it, Will? Yeah, it broke the so, banners. So broke the banners. So I went flying. All the doormen went <laughs> flying and everything. And it was scary, you know. But I kind of knew that would happen. That was always been somewhere in my mind. So you wonder if, as what you've said, are you projecting things, making things happen? Are they always going to be, is it always going to be fate? Or like, my mum died when she was 59. Now, going back to like in the 80s, I was drinking then. I was still working on the clubs. I used to drive around, drink and drive and all that. You know, you could then. Nobody cared. But I remember one night coming in, I'd been working up in Blackburn. This has got to be 1984 or 85. Now, the door on my house in Wavertree was number 59. And uh, I was living with this bird at the time. And I came home and it felt a bit strange this night. And I opened the door and I could see 59 on the door. I stayed on the couch, sitting there, looking at that door all night. No exaggeration, not for an hour, not for two hours. Sitting there, I was walking up and down and I knew that 59 was telling me something. Then two years later, my mother died and she was only 59. But I, I, that was a kind of, you know, a, a warning of something to come, just that number. And I knew it was. But even though I sat up all night, it's like having something on the tip of your tongue. But I couldn't alter what happened. You know what I mean? It's fascinating, isn't it? Well, it's something that uh, 
I'm definitely going to, me, you and Jazza, I'm sure we'll talk more about it. This is amazing, really, because I didn't know Jazza was that kind of spiritual, really. Yeah, it doesn't, you wouldn't tell by the nose, would you, Frank? But it, it, doesn't, <laughs> have to be, it doesn't have to be conscious. People yeah. do these things subconsciously, you know what I mean? Successful people are doing the same law of attraction, whether they know it or not, you know what I mean? 100%. So, just one last thing for Jazza, you know, I'm sure a lot of people watching this have, have heard his, uh, his real-life Rocky story today, and, you know, are willing him to win this world title. And I believe he's going to do it. As I said, Frank believes, I'm sure. Jazza definitely believes it's going to happen. Tell me, you're looking forward to it, mate. How, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been like 18 years of our work, Will. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to being champion of the world. Champion of the universe. Champion of it. The all of existence. <laughs> That's the one. So it's been fantastic having Jazza on today. Listen, if you have enjoyed this video and you've watched it on YouTube, please do give us a thumb up. Make sure you comment below. I want you to comment below world champion in capital letters because we are going to will this man to be the world champion. Well, I've got no doubt at all that Jazz is going to be the world champ. And as you say, I got on the microphone in the restaurants in Crosby and before Tony Bellew, he wasn't even a contender at the time. And I got on, I said, ladies and gentlemen, Liverpool's got, remember what I said, fantastic tradition of world champions, you know, John Conti. I went through them all, everybody. I said, we've got one in the making here. This guy's going to be the next world champion. Big round of applause, Tony Bellew, and it all came through. So I'll stake my reputation and my life on it. you got the next world champion here, so here he is. Here he is. Jazza so, Dickens. Brilliant. Jazza, massive thank you for coming in today, mate. Everyone who's listened on Spotify, on Apple Music, do us a favour, give us a five-star review, be sound. We're sound with you, you be sound to us. And uh, if you're watching on YouTube, get yourself subscribed. We're bringing you loads of special guests in the coming weeks and we'd be made up to have Jazza on here today. I'm dying to see him on pay-per-view. Coming up soon, coming up soon, Jazz? Coming up soon, baby. Coming up very soon. <laughs> and we'll get he him on again. He's, he's been, can't a, disclose he's been a fantastic date. guest, very interesting. And if Will doesn't mind, because I know he's not really... I'd like to explore that kind of... I can't believe that. It's, it's kind of like knock me out, really. That's... Uh, and if you the, think the, 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 the Bobby Pike story was bullshit, just leave a like in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the Bonoffi Pie, that's, that's just free. That's amazing, that. So that's true. Well, I'll tell you after the end. Might have been a bit of bullshit, but I just... <laughs> no, yeah. You yeah. can't believe it, can you? Because that. Yeah. So you were sitting no, there in the Buffy Pie. If it was and a lie, the I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even have the audacity to tell a lie like that. You'll be frank. No, but I'm saying it's so out there, isn't it? Yeah. That was you were convinced that would happen, and it happened. Yeah. Brilliant. So I hope you've enjoyed episode 16 of the Frankie Allen podcast with our special guest, future world champion Jazza Dickens, from myself, from Frankie Allen. I hope you've enjoyed it and see you later. Thanks, everybody. See you later.